Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Radio Show. Thank you for tuning in and listening wherever you are around the world. Ed Harrington is with us today, and he is the author of Outsmart Your Instincts, How the Behavioral Innovation Approach Drives Your Company Forward, uh, and he's also the CEO of ideas to go He has spent uh, nearly 25 years helping uh, a who's who of corporate America come up with new innovative ideas. He serves on the Yale Center for Customer Insights Board of Directors, and we are welcoming Ed Harrington. How are you? I am very good, Philippe, and uh, thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. So talk to me about this, this, this amazing book, Outsmart Your Instincts. Uh, how, you talk about how to move beyond uh, judgment mode and into discovery mode. Give us, the, give us the overall gist, and then we'll get into some of the uh, nuts and bolts of this. Okay. Um, well, as you said, for uh, you know, 25 plus years, we've been helping uh, folks come up with creative new ideas for their products and their services and communications. And one of the things we note is uh, we are our own worst enemy in many ways. Uh, and you know, a lot of it is because we have all these assumptions, we have all these biases mm-hmm. within us. Some, some which people are aware of, most of which people are not, cognitive biases that really block our ability to be a little more open-minded, to be able to both create and accept new ideas and new thoughts from other people. So it's kind of a double-edged sword. Not only does it keep me from being a little more creative and a little bit more open, but it keeps me from listening to your idea or at least <laughs> listening openly to it. <laughs> They're ugly, Philippe. They're ugly. It's all in your mind. Um, but they've been they've been evolving for you know millennia. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's in your it's in your DNA, you know. So uh, it, it's all in a sort of a general area of uh, behavioral economics, behavioral sciences, and simply how our mind works, how we're wired, uh, if you must, to be extremely cautious, which. That's great if you're crossing the street. Um, not so great if you're trying to come up with a new approach to your business or your life, for that matter. Yeah, I was going to say this book is, uh, uh, even though it's, it's, it's considered to be a business book uh, for the people listening, this book and the information in it, uh, you can approach it and apply it to your entire life, um, particularly people who have goals, dreams, ideas, uh, this is a great approach uh, for them to get out of their own way. Absolutely. One of the um, so one of the the big bugaboos here is called negativity bias. Yeah, and negativ- about, I saw that. I was in the book. Yeah, talk to us about negativity. Yeah, you know, and so we, negativity bias is the tendency of most people to put more weight on negative comments than positive comments. 
If I tell you three nice things that, that I have to say about you and one bad one, guess which one you're going to remember? You're going to remember. Now, maybe not you, but in general, people remember those negative things. And it's even been shown that in a group, when you have a discussion, the person who's putting out the, the criticism, the negativity, the why we shouldn't do something is the one, for some reason, who gets more weight. They may mm-hmm. not... There may not be anything within what they're saying that's more um, valuable than what other folks are saying, but there is this sort of fear of doing things wrong. You know, success breeds conservatism. Mm-hmm. So when you, when people, you know, we work with a lot of big, very successful corporations and people, uh, and this negativity bias um, is probably the the biggest one in terms of, you know, we do a lot of innovation, innovation thinking, and getting away there, getting or, or getting in the way of that. We, um, you know, so we, we train people, we, we, everybody who comes in, we do this thing where we talk about, hey, you know how most people react to ideas and people talk about different things, most of them are negative, anything from you can't do that, it's too expensive, they walk out the door, whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we kind of paraphrase this with the phrase, yes, but. So people are kind of polite and they'll say to you, yes, but, and then that but comes, it's too expensive, it's been done before, mm-hmm. the competition will kill us, etc. And we tell them to replace that with what we call a foreignness response. Look it. Um, you're going to have negative thoughts. We're not saying, you know, this is magic, wonderful land to make them all go away. But here's how you handle them. It's like pros and cons. Make yourself a list. And on the first side of that list, put everything you like about the idea. Everything that's positive, everything that's good, literal or interpretive. Then on the other side, where typically you put the cons, put the wishes. And that means turning your negativity or your negative thoughts at least into a question that's seeking some kind of answer. So instead of saying it's too expensive, if you said, hmm, this is going to be expensive. I wonder how I can get more funding. I wonder how I can make it less expensive. I wonder if we partnered with that work. So rather than killing the idea by saying it's too expensive, you're giving it life. You're saying, hey, cool idea and... How do we get? How do we? How do we approach this money thing? As opposed to it's too expensive, it's dead. Let's move on to the next thing. Um, from but to and. Yeah, exactly. It's the good old yes and. You know, it's 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 yes and. Um, I uh, I hope I find buried treasure. Even if you say that, right, <laughs> so that we can finance this thing. That's lovely. Yes, and I believe there's a material that's half the cost of this and has double the strength, so we can make it a lot cheaper. And kind of to your point earlier, uh, you know, we work with these clients who are from all over the world and um, a slightly different interpretation depending on culture, but it's pretty much it's pretty much everywhere. Um, they'll say wow, we're not going to just use this for the session, but we're going to bring it back to the office and use it, and I'm going to apply it to my home life, and I'm going to work with my kids, you know, and, and, and even myself in terms of approaching new ideas, new thoughts, uh, uh, even just looking at the column problems or column opportunities. We prefer to say it's an opportunity, not a problem, mm-hmm. but... Uh, 
but you know, uh, we'll we'll give some of that vernacular. So it's this negativity bias, extremely powerful. It's knee jerk. So one of the big deals is first you got to acknowledge it exists. All these biases exist, and then once you acknowledge they exist, listen for them. And when you hear them, there are solutions you can apply to any of them that will help you get beyond it and open up your thinking a little bit more. Yeah, I think a lot of people can relate to this. There's always that one or maybe a group of people in in, in the office, uh, in the board meeting, that uh, always, uh, you know, levels the playing field with a, with a negative bias, a negative comment, and they get uh, people to cheer them on because we have, we're, you know, kind of rooted that way, wired that way with a negativity bias. And so I really like this because it completely shuts down that side of the, of the room, if you will, and allows for maximum creativity to flow. And you know what else works really well, Philippe, when you, you, you train or you condition a group to do this? One of the ways that it helps shut it down is now you've turned the tide in terms of the group. So when we take people through, it's a very, you know, we can do this training in an hour, literally before we do a session or something like that. Mm. Before, of course, the negative comments win, everybody, you know, harumph, harumph, and uh, oh, yes, 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 you know, what else can we do? Now the crowd turns and goes, hey, you're yes budding this idea. Right. What, 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 you know, the new rule is you don't do that. That's not the smart thing to do. That's not going to be the successful thing in this scenario. So we can get the group to actually reinforce the better behavior. That's when you know you're winning. You know, mm. then it's not, it's not me against this one and that one and that one. It's the group actually looking and saying, hey, you're yes budding this idea. Do me a yes and. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm like, come up. Come up with at least a question-seeking solution or stretch your mind out. And we've got lots of ways of stretching your mind out. And think of something a little more creative. Think of something that helps overcome whatever issue it is that you might have uh, seen. And I'll just add here, I'm actually a very negative thinker, right? You know, I'm, a very, <laughs> I'm very critical of things. You know, I was brought up to question stuff. That's just the way my folks were. My grandfather was a journalist. He said, don't believe anything anybody ever tells you. Um, however, that's fine as long as you don't kind of look at that as doom and gloom. Mm-hmm. And you take it and you say, okay, I do want to kick the tires. I do want to question things, but I am still seeking success and solution. And I'm not going to get that if I just fester um, and complain and grumble and, and walk away from stuff. Got to come up with something more creative, uh, something that seeks solution, something that uh, helps something happen as opposed to keep it from happening. You know, this is very uh, liberating, I assume, to, to many uh uh, staunch, you know, uh, executives and, and decision makers, uh, uh, you know, that, that are responsible for coming up with new ideas or, or, or at least, you know, pulling the trigger on that new idea, whatever that might be. But I would assume, you know, many of them have gone through their entire business and corporate life uh, never uh, having an idea that there's something else to think about other than their butts, uh, because they've just been so proselytized to think that way. So I would assume you have a lot of aha moments and light bulbs uh, popping off uh, on, on top of people's heads when you go through this and turn them, you know, as you say, from naysayers into innovators. It, it really, it, it, again, you really do see it. There's a lot of skepticism. So, again, we're going, you know, session 
project specific here. When you begin, there's again they've already got they've got the negativity already built into them. And by the way, many other biases, but this, like I said, the big bugger boo. So they're questioning and they're kind of critical, and then you train them in it, and then they start going along, and now they see the ideas come out. And I'll tell you when you know you've turned the tide when they start having fun you know and they suddenly realize it's not all gravitas you know um fun laughter a little bit of enjoyment kidding around is a much better atmosphere than for coming up with ideas than something that's based on critiquing analyzing um, looking for the holes in something. And when you see that in a group, it's amazing. And they'll come in with that kind of negative stance and they'll leave being so much more positive and so much more open. And they see the output of their work. It, it's, you know, it's like night and day. We'll, we do a session for people and one day come up with six, 700 possible solutions to whatever wow. their, their opportunity is. Now, mind you, the ironic thing, Philippe, is sure you got 600 solutions. In the end, they take five, um, meaning 595 don't make the cut. Um, right. But you've got to have, if you don't have anything to select from, you're not going to have a good chance of succeeding. So you've got to generate a ton of these ideas. And one of the worst forms of this is actually in your head. So it's the censoring you do between your thought and your mouth, where you say to yourself, Philippe, you're sitting in a group of people, you have some great crazy idea coming up, and you think, oh, I don't want to look like an idiot. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. And that's the kind of thing we also want to overcome is this tendency for us to self-censor in these Mm -hmm. situations. Mm -hmm. You know? You want to create an environment where there's no restrictions and boundaries where people feel like they're going to be attacked or judged. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, a part of that is is there are no bad ideas, although there are, but, but, you know, in this one we're playing, there are no bad ideas. And a bad idea, ironically, can be the catalyst for an extremely good idea. Mm -hmm. So... In the book, we have one example we put in, um, and, and we do this to be provocative and to kind of train folks. And the idea is we're working for a plumbing company, right? And we're making new sink ideas. And what all our clients, no matter what they tell you, what their goals are is to make more money. <laughs> so it's like, so at the end, you want to make more money, right? Yep. <laughs> so, so, but the specific goal in this one is let's come up with new and exciting sink ideas. So I throw out the idea of a fur-lined sink. So I want you to think of a sink, and I want you to think that that sink is... Please, why are you laughing at me? I'm so sorry. I I, I need to go back and do more training. Uh, (laughs) If you're willing to go back and read the book and come back again, we'll try this again, Ed. That's that's actually a very good reaction. The bad reactions are when people get up and walk out of the room. That's yeah, that's doing. really bad. No, I'm not doing that. No. <laughs> it's that in the smart. Pardon me. It's that in the smartphone. The, the smartphones come out. You know, you've lost your audience. Exactly. Right? That's right. Yeah. But here's but here's what I will ask you. What's good about a fur line sink? What's good about okay? What's good about a fur line sink? What's good about a fur line sink, Philippe? Um. I could wash my dog or cat, and it would no no one would know the difference. Beautiful, 
<laughs> but look what you look what you've done. You've hit on two things actually. One is it's hiding the fur, right? I'm not going to have any remnants in there. Second, would you rather wash your your cat, your dog, or perhaps even your child in a hard porcelain sink or a soft sink? Oh, probably a soft sink. So now suddenly we're branching into new areas of thought. How can I have a self-cleaning sink? How can I have a sink that's, you know, friendly for kids and pets to be able to use? Um, one of the things that often comes up with a fur line, now do the other side of the equation, but don't tell me what's wrong with my idea. <laughs> Ask it in the form of I wish or how to. So any negative thought you have about my fur line sink, give me a I wish or a how to, kind of a direction you want to, Address because you do have a concern or a, give or an a example question. of that. I wish and I, uh, how to. I'll give you one for this one. <laughs> this one comes up with this particular one. I wish it was hygienic. So oh, okay. uh, you know a concern people have with furline sinks is like, good God, that's going to get gross. Um, <laughs> you know, you know, it's it's going to hold all the dirt and the things like that. Okay, so you say I wish for now. We start coming up with the idea, building off of that, about what about a super hygienic sink? What if I had a self-cleaning sink that you never had to wash or scrub because it was already built into the sink? Remember, my real objective is to come up with new ideas that we can sell. Uh It's not to come up with, you know, we're not literally going to do a fur-lined sink. We do things like that, again, just kind of to push people's thinking, but it also opens them up to new domains they might not have thought otherwise. A great place to get an idea is not in the subject matter at hand. So if we're talking about sinks, go into the world of automotive, go into the world of food, go into the world of technology. It doesn't matter. Oh, that's interesting. Um, That's very interesting. Yeah, that's that's good old lateral thinking, right? This is Edward de Bono who says if you're if so if you think within the category, you get incremental ideas. If you think outside, you're far more likely to get good old leapfrog ideas that'll take you further afield and be a little bit more original than the other stuff you're looking at. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So you want to talk about nature. Well, go ahead. You more finish. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say it's really neat. We all do this automatically. The the uh, biases, you know, these these cognitive biases. You're not even aware you're doing it, Mm -hmm. and you're rewarded for doing it. It they're so built in. As my colleague Adam says, it goes back to you know when we were living in caves and somebody saw something rustling in the bushes. And everybody wondered, and Brock or whoever goes in and gets eaten by a saber-toothed tiger. Everybody else goes, screw that. I'm not walking into the bushes anymore. And so, yeah, so it starts to Yeah, not as decrimity. Where'd he go? I don't know, but I heard a lot of bad screaming. Um, you know, it, it, you... Um, so so over time, we have this sort of risk aversion we build into ourselves. And the part I always laugh about is when we're working on ideas, they're conceptual. We're not actually making them. I'm like, guys, you don't have to be afraid of an idea before it's in the market or it's in manufacturing or whatever. It's all catalysts. Just keep going, keep going and building. So that's what we try to do. That's how we get 800 ideas in a 
six-hour session. That's amazing. And it's, wow, six hours. Uh, how many people usually is it, does it take to, to, to go six hours? That's, that's an excellent question. Like two people or two hundred people? It'd be, you, it'd be you and me, Philippe. That's it. We can do it. <laughs> and a high speed. You, you just have to. I'm talk really about. wanting to get this fur line thing going. I really think it's going to be a, a hit. Oh, it's a big uh, hit. Hey, uh, drop a glass in it. It's not going to break, right? There you go. There that's you go. Another positive thing. But to, to answer your question, um, that's probably a session of about a, maybe a dozen people, eight to a dozen people. Okay. Um, okay. Can generate can generate that many ideas. Um, it's really fast flowing. You build one of the others is you build off of each other's ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not just everybody. Some will be a little build. Some will be far leaps. We what we we come up with subjects, um, sort of like uh, themes, right? So if we're thinking about if I go back to things again, we might do family friendly. We might do luxury. We might do practical, we might do hygienic and, you know, keep coming up with different ideas under different themes. And then we we do what are called mental excursions. So I might say, let's role play, right? Uh Uh, You're you're Popeye, you're, uh, you know, you're an astronaut, you're a scuba diver. Now start pulling from what we call those worlds or those personalities and see what kind of ideas that you can come up with many different ways to kind of push people and motivate them to think uh, a little differently. That's often our key is different thinking, not the same. You know, Harvey, you know, Firestone tires, right? Firestone big. So Harvey Firestone as a manager, I love one thing he said, give me two managers who think alike and I'll fire one. Ooh. I, don't, I don't need two people who think the same way. Wow. I need people who think differently because how am I as the leader going to know stuff if I've just got five people telling me the same thing? Wow. Very, very yep. smart. Very smart. Yep. And, com- and confident, too. you got to be confident. Absolutely. Um, you also talk about let humility keep you honest. What do you mean by that? Uh, you said humility. Excuse me, that one? Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, there's there's a defensiveness that goes on, and um, I don't want you to critique or change my idea. I want to be sure about myself. Um, and if you're a little humble and you think, let's open ourselves up to what other people have to say, let's open ourselves up not just to their ideas, but what they think about my idea. Uh-huh. You're gonna go. You're gonna go a lot further. You know, if you're not and you're defensive and you're um, kind of critical and reactionary, that's not gonna help. So relax. You know, relax. Recognize you don't have all the answers. Nobody in the room has all the answers. Like I said, we we bring in. You know, we'll have a group of eight or a dozen people. If we thought one person could do it, we'd bring in one person. But guess what? One person cannot do it. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. so much more powerful, um, more powerful ideas, more powerful atmosphere from a group that's clicking than you are if it's just one or two people. You know, solo person's not going to come up with all the answers. That's my my belief. It's our right. belief here overall. 
I think this is great. So let me ask you, you know, like hardcore corporate question. Are you, how would this apply to like a SWOT analysis? Um, well, it's, it's, you know, SWOT is kind of a nice way to break down if you're thinking about an area and you're looking for some catalysts, some areas to, to delve into, and you can say to yourself, okay, well, why don't we start building ideas on what our strength is? Uh-huh. Right? What what are our strengths? How can we take those and leverage them further? What are our weaknesses? And there's one where you've got to be a little bit humble, right, uh, to uh-huh. talk about your weaknesses openly and honestly, but not in the sense of, oh, I feel ashamed and it's terrible and I've never been able to, um, you know, come up with a good advertising campaign or we've never been good at delivery or whatever it happens to be, and to say, hey, that's one of our weaknesses so let's let's focus on that and let's come up with ways where we can turn a weakness into a strength by using this kind of thinking and innovation that we talk about overall. Um, opportunities we love here. So, so we're big on the opportunities. Mm-hmm. And that one is almost kind of naturally when you're in the arena of ideation and brainstorming and innovation. Um, and threats, you know, once again, uh, you look at a threat and you have to say, okay, let's not hide from the threats. Let's not pretend they're not there. Let's put them out in the open and let's turn that threat into um, into an opportunity. Let's look what we can do there. I was just reading something about Carl Jung says, like, you know, if you're kind of feeling dark and depressed, don't reject that person. Uh, welcome them into your lives and learn more about yourself by understanding why do these threats exist? Mm-hmm. Why do these threats exist? And which ones are we going to, which ones, which battles are we going to choose to fight and go after? You know, it's, it's not going to be... Um, you know, it's it's not all perfect. All the answers aren't going to work out, but you got to choose your your fight. So I think that SWOT analysis is a really excellent way of taking and breaking down your idea. But then we would take each of those elements and push it forward by saying, now we've got a different theme to work on for coming up with new ideas, new solutions, new innovations to approaching oh, uh, whatever. Yeah, whatever our market is. Absolutely brilliant. So, I, you know, my assumption is is that you, uh, uh, over the years, have had to go into uh, uh, corporations that uh, have failed at uh, innovation, uh, an idea that they collectively launched, uh, didn't gain market share, it failed, the company lose, uh, loses money. And so even with the negativity bias that all humans have, now culturally, collectively, this company has a negativity bias. <clears throat> I'm sure you've gone up against that all the time. How do you how do you break how do you break that collective negative uh, uh, negativity bias, particularly when you know they they've tried and tried again and nothing worked. Yeah, um, that's really challenging because you've not only got negativity, but it's kind of exacerbated by a sense of defeatism. Right, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. like, like we, we're we're almost at the point of giving up. So there are several things that can be done there. One of them is bring in fresh thinking. 
Now, that doesn't mean fire people and bring in somebody new. I'm not sure that would put the, the team in a good mood. Um, but what we'll, we'll do, for example, is we look for users of, you know, let's just say it's a product, right, of some kind. Mm-hmm. And we'll bring in their users, and we're very adept at identifying very open-minded, creative thinkers. And we'll bring these people in and put them into the mix. So now suddenly we're, you might say, shaking up the gene pool a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other biases that um, – a couple of biases that really hurt organizations are um, – well, one status quo bias, probably not as applicable right here, but that's, hey, we've been doing it this way for 50 years. We'll do it for another 50, status quo. Mm-hmm. Um, availability, which availability says whatever I most recently did, that's what I remember the most. So if you've got these people and they've got these kinds of biases and the um, negativity and something, one, I just love the name of the curse of knowledge. Um, and, and the curse of knowledge is you're so darn expert at what you work at that you, you can't get beyond that. Mm-hmm. What's lovely about bringing in the uninitiated, like, you know, who's great to work with kids. Kids are fabulous. Um, because they have no preconceived notions of what can and can't be done. So they tend to be very open-minded and very free and clearing. And so if you work with that and you bring these clients in who've tried again and again and again, now you've got a chance to interject new thinking, new voices, new lifestyles. Um, That's another one. You know, don't bring in cookie-cutter folks. Look for folks who are different, different Mm -hmm. experiences, different families, different that kind of stuff. Now... And, and you do the training with them, so we got to train them and get them out of that kind of negative mindset. Now they're more open, and it's amazing how many times they'll say, oh, oh, wait a minute, that's how we can overcome X, Y, Z, you know? Oh, now suddenly I realize that we could use different kinds of fruit in our fruit bars than we were using before. I didn't think about using vegetables. I didn't think about doing something else. So bringing in other people to shake up the, you know, like I said, the cognitive gene pool is really a good idea. And you can do that. You can even do it within your organization if you're big enough, right? Mm -hmm. Bring in people from another department, bring in people from a different division. But I'm, I'm a huge advocate of bringing in your consumer, if you can, and let her or him help you think differently um, and maybe uh, think in their shoes as opposed to your shoes all the time. Excellent, excellent. So wh- how, how can people get in contact with you, Ed? What is, your, what is the web address where people can, can, can learn? Of course, they can get the book on Amazon. And, 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 they can uh, get the book in that wonderful Amazon.com. Um, and if they want to get in touch with us here, our website is uh, ideas2go.com, and that's all letters, I-D-E-A-S-T-O-G-O. Um, if they've got a specific question they want to ask or, or look at, and there's a lot of stuff on the website that kind of covers all these topics, but they can also email us at info, I-N-F-O, at ideas2go.com, um, and we'd be happy to, you know, field questions and, you know, if somebody wants what we call a cognitive bias cheat sheet or examples of excursions that you can play with and things like that, um, we're all about people coming up with new ideas as much as possible. Talk to me about it. It's a fabulous job. 
Yeah, talk to me about being the CEO of Ideas to Go. What, what, what you know, they say, what's in a name, right? <laughs> what's in a name? What's in a title? Yeah, ideas to go. It's like, what is, is this? Do I drive up? Where you know? Where's the window? Because uh, I yeah, we're just, here. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 just exactly. That's what I get on the phone and yell. More ideas, more ideas. We don't have enough ideas. You know what's really? I'll tell you one thing is that that I mean I'll tell you one thing, Philippe, and you probably know this. God help me if this any of one hears it, but hire people smarter than you. Get smart people, get smart folks. Um, It is to me really important. And people who know and love what you're doing. We're lucky because I'm in a profession where either you get it or you don't get it, quite frankly. And if you get it and you love this work, it's lifeblood. I'm sure you're like that. You just keep doing and doing what you're so good at and what you really are passionate about. And that makes makes a huge difference. The kind of odd thing about it is... I think everyone here is very creative and is a creative thinker. So if you need, if they needed to be in a session and come up with great ideas, they would be able to do that. But what we have to do is actually redirect that creative thinking into helping other people think creatively. So, so you're really now you're getting into more of a teaching and an enabling mode than you are directly coming up with ideas. If I sit in the room, like we were talking before. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could come up with, uh, you know, 20 or 30 or 40 ideas. Mm-hmm. But if I can find ways to train a group of people to be more innovative in their thinking, more open, to push out a little bit more, now I've got a multiplier effect going. So I may not have as much voice time in that world, but I get and help the organization and the team come up with a ton more ideas by, again, training and enabling those folks to be able to do it. That's really the that, – that's kind of a hard shift. It's not as tangible in a way. So it's a little hard to deal with on that level, you know. It's like you come up with an idea and the product gets made, like we did one with Pizza Hut, and, you know, the whole idea was what do you do with the crust of a pizza? Mm-hmm. Like half the people don't bother with it, right? They throw it mm-hmm. out. And so we kind of like focused on that. And then the whole idea is, well, what if the crust had cheese inside it? Okay, now you're talking, right? Now the crust is gone from a piece of junk to something I really want. Um, So that's lovely. You see it, it's tangible, it's, you know, it gets gets advertised. Um, When you're helping other people do that, you have to be satisfied with seeing their reaction and knowing that they're doing well. And as you point out, and they often do tell us, taking these lessons and this way of thinking beyond their job into their lives, um, even, you know, whether it be back at the workplace, but again, even within their families and the other stuff that they do. So it's real. I never thought I'd be the CEO of an ideation company. That's for darn sure. You know, it's, it was not on my personal map of, uh, of progress or where I'd be going. And it's, like I said, it's the best job in the world. I was telling, I was flying in yesterday. Somebody said, what do you do? I said, I help people make stuff up for a living. You know? <laughs> I love it. It's a ridiculous job and a fabulous job. I'm very lucky. Absolutely. So we've been talking mostly about how this applies to business. Let's, you know, let's, let's talk about uh, how this can apply to people's everyday life. 
particularly those who might have a, a goal or a dream, not even a goal, because that's more action-oriented. It's a dream, but they just, you know, they don't know how to uh, manifest that reality. They don't know where to start, um, but they want or there might be a group of people who, who uh, are tired of being an employee and want to launch out and do their own thing. Uh, but they're, they, they don't know what to do. There's so many uh, options. Uh, how, how can this work apply to the everyday person? Um, you know, it, it can be done in, in little things and in big things. I would say that, you know, we, here's a phrase I shouldn't even tell you this. So we call ourselves facilitators, right? That's our job. We run meetings. Mm-hmm. We facilitate them. And sometimes we say facilitator process thyself, meaning we do all this wonderful work for our, for our uh, clients. And sometimes we get in a group and it's like we forgot all of our training um, and we revert to our our negative behavior, shall we say, or our, our uh, dysfunctional behaviors. And so sometimes it's just acknowledging it. So I think um, realizing that we, you, you, like most people, and I mean you, Philippe, but you, the individual, have these tendencies to go into these biases, that if you can make yourself aware of those, that's A, number one. Make yourself aware of that. That whole little no yes button, I mean, it's on our website, and you can, um, and the foreignness response, you can look at it in the book, and uh, that's a really easy thing to apply to the smallest or the largest of problems. So having little tools and techniques for doing that. Um, I think, again, that asking help, asking for help is kind of a hard thing to do for some folks. You know, if somebody wants to be entrepreneurial, they tend to be very independent. They're very self-reliant. They don't want to go and say, hey, I got a problem. I don't know what to do about it. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? You're the, you're the boss, right? You're the, you know, so that's, once again, the humility, you know, that like being willing to be humble and to ask other folks in. And the other is, if you make it fun, it's amazing how much nicer it is to invite people into a fun session. So, so this is a, probably a little more if it's your entrepreneur trying to think about how to start a business, what to do. Think of five friends you've got who are pretty cool and pretty open and pretty imaginative or have special tools and invite them. Invite them in. Have a little party for them. You know one of the things we use in every session? Toys. We have right? toys. Absolutely. We have toys. And the reason, yeah, well, you know, um, there is this thing called embodied cognition. And embodied cognition, and they've done studies on this, so do you ever snap a rubber band or fiddle with a pen top or if you might have one of those um, uh, things you squeeze, you know, those little things you hold in your hand you squeeze Mm -hmm. or what we call tangle toys? What happens is when the mind gets distracted, the mind can actually be a little more open and creative. Um, the other way to think about this, Philippe, is the old phenomenon of when did you come up with that idea? I was in the shower, right? Yeah. People are yeah. always telling us, I come up with ideas in the shower. Why do you come up? It's not like you walk into the shower and say, okay, I need, I need to figure out a new way to approach my website. I'll take a shower. It's... it's, it's it's because you stop thinking. You relax. Wow. You're you're really in the moment and you're just enjoying yourself and, and you know, it's 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 soothing. 
and suddenly it pops into your mind because you're not worrying about it. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, you're not consciously thinking about it. It's a lot that works on the subconscious level. All these negative biases are on the subconscious level or the unconscious level, even when it comes into play. So are the positive and the good things. So the whole idea of toys, the whole idea of taking excursions, we call them, and those can be physical excursions. Go for a walk. It's amazing what happens if you mm-hmm. go for a walk. Mm-hmm. Um, play a little if you look like i love like my nieces and nephews like we'll 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 go on and do a you know a video chat or something goes around they look and they go what's that in your office you know and i'm taking them and showing them i've got toys sitting over here and a metal shark sitting in the window and you know uh you know tons of colorful crayons and markers that we use for stuff so have a little fun relax a little try not to always take yourself so seriously hard thing to do hard thing to do if you're that tight you know what i mean yeah sure Which i don't know if you i don't know if you are even up but you look like you're you could be a pretty serious fellow yeah uh, I, can, I can be i'm a lot of fun too but it, it depends upon obviously the, the subject if i'm doing it for someone else you know how that is if you're doing it for someone else it's a lot easier but when you're doing it for yourself it's like oh wait a minute yep it's a, it's it's that facilitator process thyself like i said the worst form of this stuff, the centering, goes on in your own head. Sure does. Between your, between your brain and your mouth. And it's either your brain and your mouth, if you're in with other people, or it's your brain and paper. It's your brain and willing to admit and talk about this with other folks. Mm-hmm. That's, that, that's, kind of a, that's kind of a bridge to come over. And um, if you relax a little and think about it as maybe a game and not life or death, um, some things are life and death. They're very critical, very hard to work on. But a lot of stuff, frankly, it's not. You know, um, take it, not taking yourself too seriously is often a, a good thing. Can be yeah. a very good. Don't quit the small stuff. And rule number two: it's all small stuff. Yay! Well put. Well put. I'll write that one down. <laughs> the name of the book, ladies and gentlemen, is "Outsmart Your Instincts: How the, How the Behavioral Innovation Approach Drives Your Company Forward." Uh, the man of the hour is Ed Harrington, uh, CEO of Ideas to Go. Again, that uh, web address is Ideas to Go, and Ideas is plural with an S. Ideas to Go dot com. Uh, closing thoughts, Ed, on on on, uh, on on this wonderful work that you have uh, put together. And uh, where, where would one start? Where would, where, where, well, of course, I tell them read the damn book, but. Um, <laughs> In that order, but, read the damn book. Okay. Read the, <laughs> next email. One. No, no, no. No, no. Step number one, buy the damn book. Okay. Hey, there you go. There you go. Smart man. Smart man. Rule number two, read the, the damn book. But, you know, I, I think some of it is, um, Know that you're probably more creative and innovative than you think you are. You know, it it really is a good place to start. Um, it, right along with not taking yourself too seriously, um, you know, look for look for friends, look for help um, when you're really trying to spread out your thinking, and have a little bit of fun. Mm-hmm. You know, have have some fun with this stuff. Um, not only is it better for you sort of health-wise and all that type of stuff, but it actually will help you come up with more ideas and more solutions. 
Absolutely incredible. Ed, thank you so much for being with me today. We'd love to have you come back on and talk more and go uh, dig even deeper uh, uh, into this. Uh, I've, I've enjoyed it, and I've got a great quote <laughs> so uh, uh, about taking things seriously and not. And uh, really, thank you very much, Philippe. I've enjoyed it as well. All right, my friend. I appreciate you. You take care. Take care, everybody. Um, have an awesome uh, – don't, don't just have an awesome day. Have an awesome life. And we'll see you guys or hear you guys next time on the Sleep Matthews Radio Show. Take care, everybody.